AJ Jones. Yes, sir. How are you, my beautiful woman? I am well, thank you. You look stunning today. Do you know that? Thank you. You look great in that yellow outfit. Thank you. Matches your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, since you stopped smoking, you know, your teeth have not really yellowed. Oh, you're it's so It's just your fingers. Funny. You're so <laughs> The funny. yellow callous skin of uh-huh. your fingertips. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, that was Scottish love language for you right there. Um not by way of redeeming myself after that comment, but you made a fantastic dish this week. I did. When we were in Toronto, there used to be this restaurant that we would always want to go to after church. We thought for years it was called Foamy 99, just off of 427, wasn't it, in Queensway? Mm-hmm. Look at me well, with no, some memory. Nah, really. And there we go. Close enough. Close enough. But I've since discovered that Faux is actually pronounced Fa. fa. Maybe, maybe me isn't pronounced me. So it was pho, me, 99. Mm-hmm. And they would serve these bowls of pho, which I'd never experienced before. No, we don't eat pho. We didn't eat pho? We didn't eat pho. Well, what was it then? What did we, we eat? We eat vermicelli noodle bowls. Isn't that what pho is? No, pho is soup. It's that those big bowls of soup with the big fat noodles in it. Oh, I thought that's what we had because it was noodles in a big bowl filled with a soup-like structure. No, but... And mystery meat. Yeah, but there was no soup. Oh, it was soupless. It was soupless. It just did have fluid in it. Yes, small amounts of fluid. <laughs> okay. I just thought it was a, a poor man's portion of soup. I thought that's what pho was. Anyway, every Sunday, or most Sundays, we'd go there, and you would have this bowl of fresh uh, herbs, herbs, vegetables, chicken or beef, and then this kind of like spicy soup-like thing that isn't soup that you would pour over it, mm-hmm. and then you eat it with noodles, and it was absolutely filling and absolutely delicious and completely cheap. And I haven't had it in years because I haven't had, I haven't found a pho place. Yeah, it was like five ninety nine for this massive oh, bowl of food. That was superb. Yeah, but this week you made a paleo version of it. Talk to me about that. <laughs> I did. Well, I one of the things I miss about Toronto is the pho. That we're not having because we're having a vermicelli noodle ball. But anyway, I miss Foamy 99. So um, I got it in my head that I thought, huh, I'm pretty sure I could make a version of that with zucchini noodles. So I spiralized zucchini noodles and I cooked them for about mm, four and a half minutes. And then put them in the bowl instead of vermicelli noodles, but still had all of the other fresh ingredients plus i marinated some steak and we had that it was a taste sensation no Mm -hmm. word of a lie it was a party in my mouth it was so deliciously spicy and fresh and zesty and it was absolutely delicious for a recipe that you pulled out of your head it was absolutely amazing i had to write it all down afterwards so that i wouldn't forget what i did are you gonna post it on the blog this week um depends okay you know Uh, ladies and gentlemen i'll try and get her to post that on the blog (laughs) But anyway, that was delicious. Um, AJ, you ended up going to Warby Parker and uh, order some glasses. I did. And everybody picked a pair that I don't like. Yes. Well, but, what's funny is that between the, there was five pairs. There was two that he liked, but really just one that he really liked. And I, what that was the one I hated the most. And then there was these two pairs that I thought really looked good and he didn't like. And those are the two that got the most votes. So, but and I'm fine. We live in a democracy. We, I think we have a winner, right? And mine should arrive this week, so I'm going back to being Specky, Specky McGee. Um, other than that, I went to the dentist, went to work, 
But the big news is we have friends in town this week. We do. Our dear friends, Dan and Laura Osman and Mark and Kim DuPont mm-hmm. have been ministering at Grace Center this weekend. And it's been awesome. It's been lovely having Laura here. I've forgotten how beautiful Laura's voice is. Let's, yeah. let's talk about Laura's mean-spirited nature. <laughs> there, if you've yes. ever met Laura, you'll know how ridiculous <laughs> that statement is. There's a handful of people in my life that are honestly so pure-hearted. So sweet. So sweet and genuine. It takes you a while to realize it's genuine. But so sweet and pure-hearted that you wonder if you're actually saved when you're around them. Yeah, or like to begin with, you think it can't possibly, they can't possibly be that sweet. Right, so on the top, off the top of my head, you've got Becky Dollar. Yep. Would be one of those people. Michelle Vouters. Michelle Vouters. Mm-hmm. And then Laura Woodley Osmond. Who are just so tender and beautiful spirit and just so in love with Jesus and so childlike and um, adorable. Adorable. Anyway, so she's been leading worship, which is absolutely amazing. And uh, Laura, I know you listen to our podcast, so we just want to tell you we love you. And if you have never heard Laura's music, if you've ever been in a meeting that we've been ministering at, there's a good chance you've heard her music because... Whether you realize it or not. Yeah, her album, (laughs) Home is one of the best soaking CDs I've ever personally soaked to, and I absolutely love it. If you don't own a copy, you want to go to iTunes and download a copy. It's superb. It's amazing, yeah. And then Mark was ministering all weekend. We're going to talk about Mark in a second, because I want you to tell some stories, if you wouldn't mind. Okay. Um, but that was our week. Good food. 24 is finished, so we're at a loss of what to do. Um, I don't mind that it's finished. I didn't think it was that fantastic. Right. You were a little bit traumatized by it. <laughs> now you're swapping the trauma of Jack Bauer. For Gordon Ramsay, because we're in the middle of MasterChef. And then your pho, except it wasn't pho, but it kind of was. And (laughs) I went to the dentist, you got some glasses, and we did a conference all weekend. What did your dentist say, darling? My dentist said, uh, you must be from Scotland based on the dentistry work that you have. And I said, you're correct. (laughs) I think when he looked at me, he just saw dollar signs. No. Because of all the restorative work that needs to be done. Oh, well, yes. There's... A whole color in your mouth that shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. I think he's going to mine it and then sell it and make jewelry out of it. <laughs> we had a reader's question this week. Yeah. Um, this is from Amy. And Amy asked, well, first of all, she said something very nice. She said, I don't really know how I stumbled onto your podcast, but I've listened to every one and I love it. Well, thank you. I don't know how I stumbled onto your question, but I read it and I loved it. Your question. So now we're quits. Question, how does your church implement any mentoring programs and who benefits benefits from these most, in your opinion? Well, we don't, historically, we haven't had a mentoring program per se. You know, a bunch of our pastors will have mentored individuals along the way, but it's, it's not on the basis of a program. But I would hope that any mentoring program would benefit the mentee, because isn't that the focus of it? What we've probably poured most of our time and energy into the last couple of years is our School of Supernatural Life, which while not a mentorship program, is an eight-month school of accelerated growth. And you will learn from our staff and our pastoral team and visiting uh, speakers and prophets and revivalists and teachers from all over the world. We really figured it was the best way to give away what we have Mm -hmm. to the larger amount of people rather than just mentoring one or two people, you know, a year. Um, and and really sort of be able to mine what, what God's given us and given others in order to bring growth. 
And I would say just from being around a bunch of people who have either mentored people or a bunch of people who've been mentored, I would say the success of the mentoring is largely dependent on the people or the parties involved. So, for example, when I was being mentored by John and Carol, I would just, you know, I was determined to get out as much out of it as possible. I didn't sit around going, uh, okay, it's your job to mentor me. It was my job really to learn as much as I could from these amazing people. So I would just ask them questions everywhere we went, and I would never leave their side. I would just, wherever they were and whatever they were doing, I wanted to do. And, you know, if, if that involved me doing, uh, you know, setting up a book table or catching them, catching for people, catching people for when they prayed, that's fine too. Or, um, yeah, I just wanted to be as attentive as possible and look and see what I saw and then ask about the observations I made. So I'm not sure if that's a very helpful answer, but currently our mentorship program at Grace Center looks like the School of Supernatural Life. And then, you know, the we have the students that come out of that, really we are constantly looking throughout the school of who can we ask, who can we keep for the next year to be our small group leaders to help our staff uh, handle the next school. And so our our students that come back for a second year, so to speak, as small group leaders, they will get a little bit more hands-on um, mentoring from our school pastors, Josh and Sarah Parsons. But really, uh, you know, every person I meet, I'm looking to not only learn from, but how can I help along their way. But anyway, there's a, a long, warbly answer to a, a simple question. I hope that answers the question you had. Thanks for asking it. AJ, you have told the story a couple of times this weekend. But I wanted to talk about our first encounters with prophets. Because I think nowadays we take prophets and the prophetic ministry, I don't think we take it for granted. I hope we don't take it for granted. But I think it's such a normal part of our everyday life that I I certainly have forgotten that once upon a time it was just this foreign concept to me. Mm -hmm. And so I thought it would be fun to talk about our first experiences with prophets. And because of Mark's visit in town. You've been telling the story a lot, but for people who weren't at the conference or haven't heard it before, I know you've told us part of your testimony. Tell us your first encounter with a prophet and what it was like and what it did for you. Yeah. So my first encounter with a prophet was with Mark. And uh, I had been going to the church in Toronto, mm, I don't know, I want to say about six months or so. And um, I was still struggling with all an enormous amount of stuff. Uh, it was within a year, I think, after Dad had killed himself, and I was, uh, you know, not eating, not sleeping, just completely obsessed with killing myself. So there was, you know, significant issues still going on. So you're very broken, very damaged. You're suicidal. You're bulimic. Uh, anorexic. Okay, take your pick. You're anorexic. Your life is pretty much in shambles, and you've turned up at this church, and you've been on there for six months. And then what happens? Um. So it was a Sunday night meeting, and um, we we had gone. Sandy and I had gone, and um, Sunday night meetings were always fun because they were, you know, a bunch of different churches would come together and um, we have food and all that kind of stuff. And so we went to the meeting and I remember seeing Mark come in and I, I didn't know who Mark was. I mean, I think they'd been there for a little bit by then, but I don't think I had actually seen him. Sandy knew who he was. And, um, so I, you know, I saw him come in and, um, I had, I had asked Sandy, like, I was like, Hey, check out that, you know, 
look at that guy in the leather jacket. And she said, oh yeah, that's, that's Mark DuPont. At the time he had a, a red mullet, if I remember correctly, like his hair was redder than it is now. And it was uh, a mullet. We should ask him to bring back the mullet. <laughs> no. <laughs> if I was going to say anything was missing from this weekend's conference, it was probably a red mullet. Yeah, that's true. It's true. We didn't have any mullets, but anyway, um, Anyway, so I, you know, seen him, and and she said, "Oh yeah, he that's Mark Dupont. He's a prophet." And I, I didn't get that. I was like, "What do you mean he's a prophet?" And you mean like an Old Testament prophet? And you know, as I was telling that story this weekend, Mark says, "Yeah, like that, but better looking." <laughs> so it was kind of funny. But anyway, um, so anyway, you know, normal service. They did worship and whatever. And Mark got up and started speaking. And in the middle of speaking, he stopped and he pointed at me. And he said to Sandy, you know, Sandy, who's that girl sitting next to you? And um, Sandy said, it's AJ. And so I said, AJ, stand up. And so I I stood up and he proceeded to walk through my life with so much detail that I was uh, almost terrified. You know, I was like, ah, how does he know this? I don't understand. And, you know, tell me things that nobody knew. I mean, and certainly nobody in that building knew. He couldn't have gotten information from anybody there, you know. And uh, I was hanging onto the chair in front of me, like with a death grip, uh, as he told me all this stuff. And he, you know, told me stuff for like 10 minutes. And then at the end, he said, um, You know, I see a gold box. And, um, and I knew what the gold box was. I mean, the gold box was where I had, I had an actual bronze box, I still have it where I kept all my stuff from my dad who had um, killed himself, um, you know, a year or so before. And and um, I had recently decided that I was going to try and kill myself again, um, but I was going to make sure that it worked. And so I had written these letters so that after I was gone, you know, there'd be a letter for my mom or my cousin or whoever. And um, Even in death, a shaper. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> what? Anyway, <laughs> anyway. So yeah. So Mark Mark finished his prophetic word with, you know, if you don't want your life, why don't you give it to God and see what He can do with it? Because He said, "I know about your gold box." He said, "I know about your gold box," and, if and you, I knew. And if you don't want your life, yeah, why don't you give it to God and see, what, see what He can, can do, do with it? it? Yeah, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like the and you're sparing some details, I and I appreciate that, but. He really did just read through your life, tell you events in your life, the dates, yeah. the timing, yeah, which is supernatural. Stuff that nobody could have known. So by now God's got your attention and he closes up. Totally with the, had my attention. And you know, when you're living in a place where you're, you're suicidal and you're lonely, to hear that God knows the details of your life means you're actually not alone. So, right. you know, it, it was sort of like, it was really difficult to wrap my head around what was happening. And then he just went back into preaching and Sandy had to tell me to sit down because I was still standing and a little bit confused. And um, at the end of the service, he had asked people that, um, you know, had a prophetic gifting or something to that effect to stand. And, um, you know, I, di- I didn't stand. I was still sort of shaking from what had happened. And he turned and he said, AJ, hey, you don't stand up for this. And, I yelled no. I was like no, because I was, uh, I was, I was scared, uh, and I, I didn't, I didn't know how to explain what he had done. 
And uh, anyway, he said, oh, oh, it's okay. You know, you don't have to be afraid. And I was like, okay. And so he got us all to move out into the aisle and started praying for people. But he came and he probably stood about a meter from me uh, or a yard in a little bit <laughs> for the Americans in the room. Um, and uh, he got that close and all of a sudden I fell over and you know, now that wouldn't freak me out. But then, I mean, I'd never even seen anybody slain in the spirit. So I was like, there's something wrong with me. I can't stand like, you know, call a paramedic. And then I started laughing. I mean, just uncontrollably laughing. And and that went on for 45 minutes. And I'm, I'm not a quiet laugher. Um, my face was cramping. My stomach was cramping. Like, you know, I was, and, and the whole time I'm thinking, why are you laughing? Like, dad's still dead. Life is horrible. Why are you laughing? You know, trying to kind of convince myself not to, but I could not stop laughing. And, you know, Mark hadn't said anything about laughter. He just prayed something, you know, I don't even really remember. And of course, there's people that are going, more Lord. And I'm thinking, you guys should be calling somebody. I'm having a mental breakdown here. Like, call an ambulance, you know. But, um, I mean, I know I, I got up off the floor that night quite a quite a while later. Right. And uh, I've never struggled with suicide since then or eating disorders. Um, I, I still didn't sleep for another couple of years after that. But, but I mean, it, it was literally like my whole life shifted onto a different axis. I love that story for so many reasons. But I think, like, for me, I think true prophetic ministry is a revelation of the Father's love. Like, when I see prophetic ministry administered properly, it, all it does is display the kindness of God. So I think about you being lost, alone, broken, and suicidal, and you just thinking that everybody's forgotten about you, and God would speak to you directly through Mark and let you know, hey, honey, I know everything about your life. And not only just say I know about your problems, but also address your problems and fix them supernaturally. I think yeah. it's I think it's incredible. And you know, to tell somebody that is completely suicidal that God has a plan for your life, you know, hey, why don't you give your life to God and see what he can do with it was the first time I remember starting to think forward instead of just surviving the day. Right. Mine my first experience with a prophet is way less um I don't want to say impressive, but yeah, absolutely way less impressive, way less interesting. But for me, it was nonetheless absolutely life-changing. I remember reading a book, which if podcast listeners, you have not read this book, I I can't recommend it to you highly enough. It's called um, Surprised by the Voice of God by Dr. Jack Deere. It's the first book I ever read, probably the first charismatic book I ever read. And in it, he details accounts of um, Paul Cain, a prophet who's still alive today. And when I read the stories that he was describing, I I was dumbfounded. I, I was literally, I, I couldn't believe what I was reading. I just thought, there is, I have never, ever heard anything like this. And I'm struggling to believe that this is true. And for me, that piqued an interest in the prophetic for me. I just thought, this is the most outlandish thing I've ever heard. If God is still doing stuff like this today, then I need to find out where he's doing it and who's doing it through. And that started for me was a multi-year journey into the prophetic. And for most of those years, I never even met a prophet. and I didn't even know what a prophet looked like. And again, I find it funny now that we live in this culture where so many of our dearest friends are, are prophetic and 
our prophets and walk in that culture and you know it's part of our normal everyday life but i read that book and just thought this is unbelievable again if you haven't read that well i'll put a link in the show notes to it that led me to another book by mike bickle called growing in the prophetic and if the first book blew my mind this one I, I had to stop and I, I honestly had to stop, take breathers because I was struggling to believe it was true. And then, you know, did a bunch of research and kept reading and was just astonished that God was doing something so powerfully on the earth and that prophets were real. Literally, it'd be like finding out that somebody like Elijah and Elisha or Moses were still alive and the stories that you read about in the Bible were still happening. That That's what happened for me. And so I saved up all my money to fly to Kansas City to just to go and see for myself, like, is this stuff real? And I remember going to Kansas City, and I it was so funny. This was, when would this be? This would have been 2002, and uh, IHOP was just in its early stages, really. It was in a double-wide trailer off Grandview. And I went there and got uh, connected with Sean Bowles through... Well, through the Lord, obviously, but through complete randomness. I just found somebody online who was in Kansas City. I didn't know Sean, didn't know who Sean was, emailed Sean, and he was super hospitable, super gracious, said, oh, yeah, absolutely, here's my sister's number, and just email her, she'll hook you up, and she absolutely did, and connected with a bunch of people. But that, you know, after reading for a couple of years about prophets, I remember the first time I ever met uh, prophetic people was in the cafe, I forget what the cafe's called, in Kansas City. And two prophetic gentlemen just sat down and did the same thing. They just sat before me and told me the secrets of my heart. It was just a start. I just wept. I actually got it on video somewhere. Mm. I filmed them and they just talked through my life and they began to tell me who I was from God's perspective. And it was all the stuff that I thought God had been telling me for the last couple of years, but I didn't believe I thought was making it up. And I just thought, I don't know what this is or how you do it but I absolutely have to have it. And that set me on my journey of learning to hear God's voice and you know, understanding who he is and what he's like. Um, but I just think it's amazing. I think prophets are such a great gift to, to the church. I think you know Jesus was a genius to give us prophets. And I think prof- prophetic ministry is probably my Jesus favorite thing a genius, on the planet, to see prophetic ministry administered brilliantly. Yeah. And then you can have a whole lot of fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to mention fun, you have to mention Gary Morgan. Very fun. Probably the most fun prophet. Probably one of the most fun people. I don't know if period. You want to be like randomly rating prophets on their funness. Well, we could have a funometer. Oh. We could invite all our prophets over and say, "Okay, make me laugh." <laughs> That's a very interesting idea. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you about your experiences with prophets. If you have a story about meeting prophets or being impacted by by prophecy. Give us some feedback. Go to alanaj.com slash uh, contact. And at the bottom there, you'll see a feedback form. You can send us something. If you want to ask us a question about prophets or about pho or about recipes or about anything that you hear us on our podcast, go to alanaj.com slash ask. Um, for now, we're going to end our podcast so we can go play with our kids. Or have a short nap. No, there will be no napping. There will only be playing with children. Nap. Just a tiny nap. Mummy's so tired. You're pitching the wrong person. (laughs) If you happen to be listening to this podcast on Monday the 28th of July and you live in the Nashville area tomorrow night or tonight, if you're listening to it on Monday, tonight at Emony at 7.30, Mark DuPont 
will be ministering and Laura Woodley Osman will be leading worship. We would love to uh, make you feel very wa- welcome. If you want to come to Emanate, just go to emanate.me, find out the address. We'd love you to come and just experience the goodness of God in worship and in ministry. Uh, Mark is going to be ministering. He'll be teaching, preaching. He'll no doubt be prophesying, just given the nature of who he is and what he does. But uh, thank you again for tuning in this week. We super appreciate it. And until next week. Adios. 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 Abiento. See ya. Sayonara. Arrivederci. Hasta la vista. We're done. Baby.